Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. Have you tried listening to our show on Spotify yet? We are now on Spotify Millions of people use Spotify. They listen to their music there, but the podcasts are there as well. Give it a try. Tell a friend. Send them a link to our show on Spotify. If not, how are we supposed to get beyond the millions and millions of podcast listeners, Steve? How are we supposed to get to the billions? So when you do, follow the show page. That way you get all new episodes as they come out. Find them in your library, and you can listen to them anytime. Download the Spotify app for free right now and search the PFF NFL podcast to start listening. Have you checked out Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson yet? If not, you've got to head over to their show page and listen to some episodes. Mike pours his soul into conversations with fascinating minds, celebrities, and athletes in a studio full of smoke. Along with his cosmic millennial sidekick, Eben Britton, Kid Dynamite dives deep into the issues impacting us all today. This show will change the way you see the world. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, podcastone.com, Apple Podcasts, and many of your favorite podcast listening apps. Welcome into the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Sam Monson. We're coming to you on Friday morning from Indianapolis. Been a long but very productive week, Sam. It has. It's been a very long week. My voice is on the way out. Uh, Renner's voice has already left. It's back in Cincinnati because he can't talk this morning. Oh, he's on to Cincinnati. He's done. Right. Um, 
the most, I mean, uh, Charles McDonald tweeted, I think, yesterday that, you know, day four of the Combine, and pretty much everybody sounds like they are, they've taken up chain smoking. It, it um, really is the truth. It's the best descriptor I've heard. Except Andrew Siciliano, who sounds exactly the same as he normally does. Yeah, we were I? hanging out with Andrew the other night, and he is, uh, he's got a beautiful voice. Radio voice that he's turned into a TV voice. He was giving us all the behind the scenes of uh, Red Zone Channel right. on a Sunday and the madness and, and how he... Uh, Tries to control the action. And he was also telling us how much coffee he drinks, but I think he must also have a regimen for, like, honey and lemon to keep the voice going. Because, I I mean, mine's gone, and his is still up and running. Well, send the honey and lemon to Renner if you guys want to aid, and if you, if you want him back on the two-for-one podcast, you need to uh, send some honey and lemon to Cincinnati to get Mike back uh, in action over there. So, um, great show for you guys today, because some of it is based off our live show in Indianapolis last night at the Tin Roof. Uh I think it was a success. I think we did. We had a really good time. Thanks to Robert Mays, who came out. Vance Joseph came out. Uh, Joey Molinaro, a future star. Dude, that guy is awesome. So that's the guy that's been imitating Colin Cowherd, Mel Kuyper, and others. Yeah. And he just, um, like, eight-day internet star. And he's been fantastic. Right. So we're going to sort of drip feed this out over the next few podcasts. We're not going to put the whole thing out as one show. We're going to throw out segments over the next few. Today... We are going to give you our Darius Leonard interview. Colts superstar linebacker Darius Leonard, who was extremely pissed off with us that he did not make the 101 list this year, the top 101. Um, and he let us know about it. I mean, he let us know on Twitter before we even talked to him. But he came to the live show essentially to find out what the hell we were doing. Yeah, Why I think- was I not on your 101 list? Let me talk this through. And I, I want to call you on it. I think this is our best part of the show. So we're gonna, you guys are going to hear the whole interview. Mike and I did the, did the interview. We, we, did it, we protected Sam. Sam had the final say on the 101, so we protected him, keeping him off stage, thinking, you know, Darius might punch him. So right. let's just lot. We want to have some excitement on the show, but maybe not to that level. But uh, Darius was great, and it was a good discussion on, you know, like his expectations on a given play, his coach's expectations, the way we grade it. And uh, it was, I, again, I think it was maybe the best part of the entire live show. I think it was fantastic. And that's going to be coming up. I mean, he's a little bit crazy, you know, like his expectations and some of the things he was saying, he's got very high expectations, a little bit wild for himself, his teammates. He was telling us, he was telling me on the sort of green green room side stage thing before he went on that this was as big an insult as when somebody said he was the worst pick in the entire draft. (laughs) That feels to me a little bit harsh. I mean, Um, yeah, you know, you're still, one of the better players in the NFL. You yeah. just didn't make the top 101. That's like not top the 5% same. player slap right. in the face. That is not the same as saying you're the worst pick in the entire draft. But he was awesome. I think we're going to do some more stuff with him down the line. You know, we're only a couple of hours away. He wants to sort of do some more media stuff, do some more video stuff. So I think we might end up doing some more stuff with Darius. But stay tuned to hear him coming up. It was an awesome segment. Yeah, we'll wrap up the show with Darius. But uh, let's get into some of the workouts. So recording this on Friday, we've only seen the QBs, wide receivers, and tight ends work out so far. Of course, we got all the heights and weights that came in. But let's discuss wide receiver. And just to set the stage here, we're talking about a wide receiver class, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, that is potentially one of the best in recent history. A lot of people are talking about there's 30 guys that can go in the top three rounds. There's six or seven that could go in the first round. How are we going to sort these guys out? Well, they started sorting themselves out this week. So there's some good and there's some bad. And I think when you look at this class, there was high expectations for guys who aren't necessarily six foot three or six foot four monsters, but they're really fast and quick. An incredible combination. 
But some of those guys disappointed. The Jerry Judys of the world, the Jalen Ragers of the world, they may have disappointed a little bit against expectation, but the guys that exceeded expectation were the monsters. Denzel Mims from Baylor, Michael Pittman from USC. You have Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, who's a wide receiver now jacked up into potentially a tight end or at least a hybrid player. Those are the guys so far who are stealing the week. They really are. And, and Mims in particular, I think, has, I mean, obviously he's crushed the combine so far. His, his numbers have been crazy. And as we said, you know, we, we just got through talking him up because of what he did during the week at the Senior Bowl. So Mims, I think, has to be shooting up boards in terms of where he belongs in this draft class. It's one of the best draft classes in decades. And he ticks all the boxes. He's big. He's got incredible body control. He's fast, a hell of a lot faster than I think people gave him credit for now. He can move in short areas as well. He's quick. His three cone was absurd. Six, six, six for a guy that size. Oh, that's insane. I mean, that is the stuff that the uh, the shorter guys should be doing. Right. That's anything under seven is nuts, is really good. And he's six, three, you know, two, almost 210 pounds. That's I mean, that's Randy Moss size. And he's moved, he's got a six 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 three cone, clocked under four four in a straight line. Like his he is his stock has got to be skyrocketing. Yeah, Mims is currently. If you guys have the PFF draft guide, pff.com, edge and elite subscribers, check out the draft guide. By the way, it's seven hundred seventy seven pages. I've never seen a draft guide this big and detailed. But and it's only going up. I mean, oh, I know. It's going to be north of a thousand by the time it's finished. There's two more versions. So yeah. as soon as you sign up for edge or elite, you have every version as they come out. We'll have a post combine version and a post pro day version. But Mims, in those next versions, will be moving up the draft board. He is at 31 currently right now. I think he's going to move up into the high teens, maybe then into the 20s. And, you know, I think part of our analysis that people need to understand, yes, we grade from a production standpoint, but there are certain positions where we have found that the athleticism stuff matters a little bit more than others. And, when, and then you connect the dots with Mims this entire offseason. He's not just one combine week, the underwear Olympics. He's one senior bowl week. And you know, the entire offseason has been like the Denzel Mims show. And from a production standpoint, he had bad quarterback play at Baylor. That hurt just a little bit uh, because there was some regression there uh, under center. So Mims, huge name to watch the way he has progressed. And then a guy like Michael Pittman from USC, he's a guy like, the first thing we've said about Pittman is like he doesn't drop the football. Five drops on 176 catch, catchable targets during his career. And then he comes in jacked up and huge, and he runs well and, and has a sub-7-3 cone as well. I mean, these size speed guys are starting to steal the show down here. They are. I think there's a few of those guys. Um, but then the, the flip side to that is at the, sort of the guys we thought at the very top of the draft have not necessarily done as well as we thought they would. Um, some of the times, some of the numbers from those guys have been underwhelming. Jerry Judy did the uh, the Trey Waynes. He had a, he had a higher shuttle than a, than a forty time. Which Trey Waynes that made sense, right? You could see it on tape that that right. guy did not deal well with changing directions laterally in a straight line. He was great. Um, Judy, I mean that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Judy's, no. Judy's incredible at changing directions in short areas. His lateral agility is is outstanding. That just does not make sense. However, is there a direct comparison right now between Judy and then former Alabama wide receiver Calvin Ridley? A couple years ago, Ridley comes out. His straight line stuff's great. Really good burst. And then he runs 
like a four four shuttle, which is really low. Again, like for a good receiver, you're expecting him to at least be around four low fours, and then you get some sub fours as well. He ran a three cone that was really high. I'm sorry, a shuttle that was really high. And for receivers, a lot of teams look at that more than the 40 there. You know, as long as you have some sort of baseline speed, they want to see your change of direction because that's route running. That's getting in and out of cuts. Did we overrate that a little bit with Ridley because you loved the way he ran routes and manipulated defenders. And as long as you get open, which he showed he can do, who cares about the actual time? Can we apply that to Judy as well? Because he has some of the same skills when it comes to route running. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wonder if the three cone is just, well, one, it's, it seems like the kind of drill that's very technique based. And if you just goof up the footwork at some point, you get a crappy time. Right? It is. So as a former competitor huh. who did train with NFL Combine hopefuls. You ran a three cone? I ran a three cone. What did you, what was your time? By the way, my best one, I think, was better than Judy's. Wow. I ran a 4-4. Four, four, and I think he's four, a 4-5-1. Four, four, if you I, gotta, I mean, you have to have an advantage, right? And the, the distance between the cones is like a stride. It is. Well, and, well, that's part of the technique. So you start in the middle, and you have to go five yards yeah. to one way, you, 10 the other way, and then five. It's really, they, they want you to do it in three steps. Right. I could do it in two big. Yeah. Two big steps. So you want to go three, five, three with your steps. And it literally is like you will shave two tenths off your time or three tenths right. off your time if you just get the footwork right mm-hmm. and stay low coming out of your break. It's very technique oriented. Yeah. It's not like running a route. Well, I mean, it is, but it's it is a little bit. Yeah, it, it is a route essentially. It's just, but so, but you're starting at three point stance. Right. I mean, it's a little different. But there's certain people where I just don't think it's the right time. Right? It's like the certain people where their forty time doesn't match up with what you see on tape. Right. And to the point where you're like, well, sometimes the forty time makes you look at a guy and question what you saw on tape and go back and look and then go, okay, maybe he is actually not as fast or faster than we thought he was. Sometimes you look at it and you go, well, that's just wrong like that isn't how he plays at a different speed right. many times apparently i think the same thing is true with the three cone and you know there's there's no time that judy could put out there that would make me go and think well that guy can't move laterally this is a problem right like whatever time he put out there i'm dismissing as either a goof in technique or or just a i don't know, whatever reason that drill doesn't work but for him i mean that's that's not a concern and when you watch his tape like it's th- it's the first thing that you look at and say He's incredible at that. And so here's my my hot take. Maybe it's not that hot. I think, though, because maybe he didn't hit certain expectations, I think his teammate, Henry Ruggs, the third, run into 427, which is completely expected, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, so he was the guy that everybody said had a shot to beat the record, right. didn't, but got into the four twos and was comfortably the fastest guy that's run so far. I think Henry Ruggs. There's, there's going to be reports in coming weeks that say eight teams have Henry Ruggs as their number one wide receiver or they have him above Judy. They like Ruggs over Judy. I think that's going to become a thing. And I think there's a chance Ruggs get, gets drafted maybe first if the right dominoes fall in the first round. First as far as among wide receivers. Yeah. Um, also, not just the 40 for Ruggs. I mean, he had a 42-inch vertical. Yeah, like, easy explosion. Yeah. So he wasn't just, you know, really fast I, in a straight line. I think even though teams know I expected this, he hit expectations with a four two seven forty, but I still want to weigh that extremely high. You know, it's not that they're necessarily moving him up. I just think they're going to really appreciate that speed. Um, the other guy that disappointed, I guess, a little bit, Jalen Rager from TCU. Yeah, the jumps were incredible. Right. 
but he was supposed to run sub four four as well. Yes. Well, he was being talked up before the week as potentially rivaling Rugs as the fastest guy. I just want to wrap up Judy first, right? Okay, Judy, yeah. I think across the board has so far had a pretty underwhelming combine, right? The four four five, when I think most people thought he was a four three kind of guy. Is that fair? Yeah. Um thirty five inch vertical, which is, you know, it's good, but it's not great. Um, 120 inches in the broad, which is like 11 inches. It's like almost a foot shorter than a lot of these other guys. So, and and the the shuttle, as you said, I we just we're not dealing with a guy that was as incredibly as incredible an athlete as we thought we were. At least judging by his combine performance, he is a guy I would expect to show up at a pro day and try and put some of those numbers right. If he if he is the kind of athlete that was uh, that he was said to be coming in this stuff um, just messes with your mind though it's like i had this expectation you didn't hit it i had this expectation and you hit it right. when when people hit expectation it's like okay feel good about that evaluation when they don't and they're competing with like seven other receivers to be the first off the, off the board the stuff matters it definitely matters in draft position as our guy kev cole said on the site pff.com the last couple of weeks but does it actually matter when it comes to translating to the field. Well, just compare him. Literally, it's a perfect point because direct comparison to CeeDee Lamb, right? CeeDee Lamb comes in and basically puts the same set of numbers across the board. Yeah. But we didn't expect Lamb to have a great set of numbers. Right. We so, were talking a couple weeks ago. Like, oh, he'll run four right. or five and whatever. So for him, it's like job done, great combine, move on, right? For Judy, it's like, whoo, those, that wasn't good. That was a bit of a letdown. Now we got to move him down. It's like, well, they're the same numbers. Like, they didn't, they right. didn't change anything here. They apparently are the same level of athlete. But we thought Judy was a superior one, so that's that's a question mark. To be fair in that discussion, though, C.D. Lamb is probably a little bit better at some of the outside wide receiver things and contested catches and body control and catching the ball over the middle. He does some things different from Judy, where I think a lot of Judy's game is dependent on looking like a better athlete than the guy he's going against. Sure. Um, and then Rager, as you said, is the other interesting one because he was supposedly going to be threatening rugs for the fastest 40 uh, at the combine, despite having bulked up, despite having put on some muscle, got himself over 200 pounds. Um, and the explosion was still there. 42 inch vertical again, which is crazy. Like anything over 40 is nuts. 138 inches in the broad jump. That's like another nine inches beyond um, rugs. So his explosion stuff was incredible, but his official 40 time was 447. Yeah, like that's not that's not threatening the four twos. So the fact that the jumps are good and the forties not, I think you see that on film a little bit. He's he accelerates. Like sure. he's he's an accelerator. I, I feel like he gets on I mean, defensive explosive. backs quickly. He's explosive. He's really explosive. So I don't know if I want to hold that against him a ton because I think that's going to work. Him on, that works well for him from a route running standpoint, as far as the vertical route tree. When you get on corners quickly, they have to speed up their process. They can't be as patient, and that's when you can get in and out of your cuts and create some separation. But he was supposed to be a guy that was running away from corners as well and a deep threat, and you're just not necessarily seeing that as much in the numbers. I do wonder what effect adding the weight had for him. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if he's a candidate to kind of lose, you know, lose six, seven, eight pounds and take a shot at it as pro day again, see if we can get a 10th off that, you know, and improve that kind of time. Did they uh, do the re-weigh in the re-weigh in stuff? They were doing it this week, but I don't know if everybody did it. I did know we get some reports agents, on that at least some agents I know were talking about saying 
they're just boycotting it, saying we're not going to do a second weigh-in. Yeah, they used to weigh in. It, they wanted to re-weigh in because they're, it's, it's the next day and it's right. before. Let's try and stop that night. idea of like, you know, changing your weight through either cutting or chugging water to make your time look more impressive. Right. You chug water, weigh in, you lose all of it the next day. It's like, oh, he ran this at 250, right. but he's really like 242. Um, you know what's been a big topic this week? We've been running around town. Manscaped. Uh, yeah? Yeah. People love listening to us. Have discuss Manscaped. Been, have you just been asking people all week if they shave their nuts? They're asking me. They're asking you. They're asking okay. me. Have you? I did not ask anyone, but I'm asking our listeners, have you shaved your junk recently? Mm-hmm. Because if you haven't, you got to get Manscaped. It's been a while. Don't lie. Take a second look at our sponsor, Manscaped. They're going to hold you accountable for getting rid of the funk hmm. to shave your junk. Nice. That's it. That's what needs to happen. Manscaped.com. It's the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene, forever changing the grooving game. Grooming game. It's their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. The perfect tools for your family jewels. Perfect Package 3.0 Kit comes with a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof. It's a cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations. Round out your manscaping routine, Sam. Absolutely outstanding. I just love the image of you walking around Indianapolis, bumping into head coaches, GMs, the guys you've been talking to all week and asking them if they've been shaving their balls. Yeah, I would start with that. Uh-huh. And maybe I did. It's a good intro. Yeah. I mean, the PFF party, you know, we throw every year for our clients and rub shoulders. Like with you all can't the get in brass. unless you answer this question. Right. Rub it, shoulders with all the NFL brass. That should be just your, you know, your icebreaker. I would ask them first and then... I would say, do you know you get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code PFF at manscaped.com? Did you know that? And then I would say, do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. And then I would tell them, for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. It's the Shed Travel Bag. That's $39 in value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Mm. So it's the perfect package, 3.0. The entire kit is incredible. Check it out, manscaped.com. The promo code's PFF. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code PFF. Your partner, your body, and your balls will thank you. Anytime your balls can thank you. It's, a, it's an outstanding piece Let, of business. Let's wrap up some of, some of the receivers and the, um, the playmakers, essentially. Albert O. I love it. Albert O. Albert O. I mean, even on broadcast, they... They just call him Albert O. Jer- was, that was Al- the guy that Jeremy Albert O. Didn't even try. Kuya, uh, Kuye Bunam. Anyway, he ran sub 4-5. Austin Gale got trashed by Barstool, Missouri, because he said he wasn't going to run fast. He ran sub 4-5 as a tight end. Mm. And going back to Chase Claypool, breaking the combine at almost 240 pounds, like he is really putting himself in position to be that wide receiver slash tight end hybrid mismatch weapon. Claypool, I mean, his times were great, right? It was like we... Um, bulk up, we essentially make ourselves a case to move to tight end. We're, we're going to be a, a bigger player, add a ton of weight, 238, and you go out there and you run still a 4-4. It's like you just got wide receiver speed. Like, you know, the question when you have these bigger body wide receivers is can they bulk up, add the weight to become tight end and still move? Right. Because you know, otherwise you, you just torpedo any use. On the other end of that, LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. 228 pounds, maybe a little disappointing. He's running in the four fives, high four fives, right? And um, he thought he was going to run in the four fours. Mm-hmm. So 
Listen, guys, uh, tell us about our friends over at Mint Mobile, Sam. We'll get to Darius Leonard. Monday is going to be our full-on combine recap. But tell, about, tell us about I will. Mint just Mint to put a bow on the Chase Claypool thing, though. Again, not just the speed, had the 4-4, but also over 40-inch vertical leap. So jacked up the weight, added a ton of size, 238 pounds, taking a run at tight end and still has the explosion and the speed of being a wide receiver he has to have made himself combine some breaking money. numbers. Right. He has to have made himself some significant money this week. Okay. Friends at Mint Mobile. Have you ever wondered, Steve, just why you're getting gouged so badly? Yes, on your every cell phone month. Bill? Every month. It's extortionate. And the reason is because you're paying for all of their infrastructure, the buildings, the giant, you know, the staffing, the all the guys that just stand around doing nothing until somebody wanders in every day and asks why their phone isn't working. You don't need any of that stuff anymore. The world operates online. Everybody shops online. Nobody goes into brick and mortar stores anymore. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Wow. One, five bucks a month. That's way cheaper. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with three, eight, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile uh, plan and keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts. You can just port the whole thing over. They send you a nice fancy package uh, that gives you the instructions on how to do all that. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new plan for just 15 bucks a month and get your plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash PFF. That's mintmobile.com slash pff which is m-i-n-t-m-o-b-i-l-e dot com slash pff wireless for 15 bucks a month is an insane deal thanks for spelling it out we had some requests yes and it's all using the you know high-end infrastructure it's not some fly-by-night cowboy operation it's legit uh they just buy the they basically buy the infrastructure off you know established networks all right go check it out thank you to mint mobile and thank you to Darius Leonard. We're going to get to our Darius Leonard interview, Colts superstar linebacker. He's a top five linebacker over the last two years, but yes. still, still unhappy. Us. Yeah, still pissed off at me primarily. Um, but this is a great interview. As I say, more from the PFF Live show will be coming out uh, over the next few podcasts. But this is the first segment we're going to pitch you guys. So take a listen to Darius Leonard explaining to Steve why we're trash. It was getting contentious off stage already. Oh yeah. I have a gift for you for later. I don't know. We might, <laughs> we might hold off. We'll see how it goes. Darius Leonard, one of the top 200 players in the NFL. <laughs> so recently, PFF, we rank every single player in the NFL. We grade every play. Every player on every play, and then we put out a 101 list. Best players, regardless of position, other than fullbacks. Nobody cares about fullbacks, right? Kickers. Long snappers. Long snappers. We don't care about them. So best players. We put out the list, and instead of reading it and enjoying it and, you know, learning something, Darius gives us a trash emoji. Correct. That is correct. So you didn't make the list. And lucky for you, the man who is in charge of finalizing the list, Sam Monson, is standing right there. 
So you could talk to him. I think you could take him, Darius. I think you could take him. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, you know, playing the game um, in the NFL and, you know, being an all-pro, you know, it's kind of hard to see that all the work that you do on the field and you still getting a slap in the face with all the grading skills. And if you're being called an all-pro, I don't understand how could you not make the list. Uh, I missed three games this year. My numbers were still up there with any linebacker. made the Pro Bowl. Uh, I think the only stat that I didn't lead was in tackles. But, I mean, I led in forced fumbles. I led in interceptions. I led in sacks. And I don't understand how I don't make the list. And I need to know. I need to know the greatest skill. I need, I need to know something. Okay. So, first of all, we think you're great. I mean, over the last two Dude. years. I mean, yeah, very good, at least. At least very good. So, over the last two years... You've ranked as a top five linebacker. Now, is that a slap in the face? No, not top five. I mean, top five, you, you're you up there. But, I mean, and I'm a competitor, so, I mean, I want my name at number one. And, you know, every game I play, you know, I want to prove that I'm the best linebacker out there. And for the past two years, I've been, I, I really think that I've been going out there to show that. So, so we think you've been fantastic. You were talking about stats and everything. And we're not really about the stats at PFF. We have stats. But it's about the play-by-play grading. Mike Renner's here. He's our lead draft expert and, you know, one of our... Uh, expert. Le- uh, he's our lead I, draft, I do draft analyst. Uh, he does draft stuff. A standing ovation for Mike. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You think it's a slap in the face being ranked fifth? He was 14th on The Bachelorette. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, that's not a ranking, though. That was more... That was one person's opinion. <laughs> uh, let's, not, let's not get into that either, but... Yeah, we're at least a group effort, so... I will say, though... I want to talk about how I felt about you as a prospect coming out. Was not. Why are you making me even more mad? Was not, was not favorable. No, I'm just saying it wasn't, it wasn't the best evaluation that you got from probably uh, so that draft mean guys. That you were wrong? I, I'm saying my track record for linebackers has been dog shit. It has not been good. So I would like you to help me scout linebackers. How do I, what do I do? Because over the years, that's been by far my worst position. Um, Obviously, being low on you was terrible in retrospect. Um, what do you look for? Me, personally, do I, do? I, I think where people go wrong at, they look for names instead of players. And I went to a FCS school, um, D1AA, and so coming out, nobody really did homework to see if I was good or not. And I really feel like people got lazy and actually did not dig deep enough to try to see exactly – who I was, and, you know, picking out a linebacker is you really got to see what he does and what he does with people around him. I mean, because I went to South Carolina State, and there's not too many guys on that team, and you go to teams like Alabama, and they say all the linebackers in Alabama are so great, but you got to see what kind of defense they're playing against. They got four or five stars D linemen. They got four or five stars DB. So, yeah, so it's easy to go out and get a hundred and some tackles and go out and get sacks if you got to worry about everybody else on the field. But if you got to go find a diamond in the rough, you got to see someone who plays every single play, someone who can go sideline to sideline, someone who doesn't quit on the play when it's 50 yards down the field. That's when you can find someone who's being good. So we can, we can circle back to the 101 stuff in a minute, but. You know, we do think you're very good, and we want to talk about this whole transition. You know, coming from a smaller school, coming into the NFL, you were an impact player right away. How was that transition? 
how was the you know has the defense evolved since you've been there? How is how was that transition initially from college to the NFL? Um, only only thing that really changed was you know because I mean in college I played in the three four I played in the four three so I knew the terminology I knew I think I, I, I thought I knew football and you know coming in with a with a coach like Flus and a, a coach like Coach Wright it was so much easier to kind of learn the game so. He made it simple. He didn't make anything hard, so that allows me to kind of just be myself, just run around, and make plays. So they're putting you in position to succeed. You guys, one of the more zone-heavy schemes, right, in the NFL? Would you say? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, we we always say we're a bend but don't break defense. Uh, we'll play cover two till the cows come home, and we're gonna let them dunk it, dunk it, dunk it. And we get in the red zone. That's what we're gonna say. All right, let's let's, let's fold up. So let's, we got to show that we we're a dominant defense. Now, so let's go. Let's circle back to the stats you were saying because you do have a lot of good stats, a lot of tackles. You mentioned interceptions and sacks, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna grade every single play. And usually, when the players hear how we do some of the grading, you start to nod a little bit because I think I like to think that we try to give you credit for stuff that doesn't show up in the box score as well. So, you know, when you take on a fullback, blow him up in the hole, let someone else make the tackle, we're actually giving you credit for that and that's not showing up in the stats isn't that isn't that a good thing i mean yeah but i I feel like you you got to know our defense to say are we doing our job or not i mean there'd be sometimes where i'm not even out of the play or if if an offensive lineman got me cut off and i'm running around him that's the reason why i'm doing that because i got to turn it back to the safety i got to turn it back to the um my other linebacker so if you don't know the scheme that we're playing or the reason why i'm doing things i don't think it's a correct um, a correct way to um, to grade someone. So, pivot a little bit. You're one of the longest linebackers in the NFL. Your arms, 34 inches, were they coming yeah. out? 30? Yep. I mean, still 34 inches. It's a inches. personal question, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to ask about any other length about you. Uh, but wow. <laughs> but you know, the Colts, Ballard, has drafted a lot of long guys on his defense. Like, you have a ton of guys with length. Marvell Tell coming in. Uh, I mean, They've drafted a bunch of guys who have long arms. Do you ever guys in the like locker room are like, "Yo, we have we're lanky as fuck." Like this team is. <laughs> no, nah, we will never say that. Nah. <laughs> I was just Don't say that in the locker room. Nah, that's, nah, that's a little different. Does, that, so does how, that help in your scheme though? With all yeah, the zone coverages, like, it feels like that? you're tightening the fields with the body types you guys have. Because yeah, I mean, with me, I'm 218 pounds. I'm six six two. Well, yeah. when they say I'm six two. But I think I'm about 6'4". I was going to say, you look a little taller than 6'2". Yeah, two, so yeah. I mean, with my, me having long arms, if I can put my hands on an offensive lineman or an offensive um, fullback or something before they put their hands on me, I mean, that's, that's just going to help me out. So if you're drafting guys who got long arms, that mean the ball in the air that give you an extra length to go knock the ball down or do something with it. So, yeah, I mean, if you got long arms, I think that helps you out a whole lot. Any parts of your game you feel like you need to improve? Anything in particular? After your first two seasons, um, I say di- diagnosing plays uh, a whole lot quicker and uh, being engaged with blocks. Um, like I said, um, when I come downhill, I do my job, but sometimes when I'm trying to fight off a block, I don't get off the block quick enough. So I definitely think that I need to work on that a little bit. Any other linebackers around the league that you love to watch, pattern your game after that you just see and you're like, hey, this guy's doing it right? Um, Bobby. Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley, uh, them two. I mean, me and Bobby, we text almost every three or four games, just you know, checking up on them and uh, seeing seeing the things that, you know, he's been in the league for a long time. So you know, he watching my film, telling me things that I can do better. You know, just just me being open minded and learning from someone 
And then watching Luke Keekley, um, I got to see him play firsthand this year. And, yeah. you know, it was one play I can, I can remember. He was lined up on the wrong side. And I'm like, yo, why does he line up over there? And the ball ran right to him. So, I mean, he was just so smart. So, I mean, those, those two guys right there are definitely at the top of the list when those were the guys that I watched. I, be, I beat Luke Keekley in Cornhole once. That's a story for another time. But what, what Colts player, what teammate of yours deserves more love? Is Anthony guy... Walker. Okay. I, got, I mean, I honestly got two. Okay. I, I say Anthony Walker and Kenny Moore. Okay. Um, I mean, Anthony Walker has been doing great things since the moment I walked in. And, you know, I don't think he get enough credit for the things that he does. And because if I'm not mistaken, we were the only two linebackers in the past two years to have, what was it, 100 tackles, two sacks, a force fumble or interception or something like that. And, you know, Kenny Moore has been locked down yeah. since right. he came in. I, don't, I really feel like he doesn't get any credit as well either. Moore really plays that lanky scheme guy. well. Lanky guy, too. He's, what? <laughs> lanky guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good length in the defense. So where are the Colts going in the future, right? There's a lot of talk about the quarterback position. You have Joby, Jacoby Brissett as the starter, but there's still a lot of rumors about free agency. We already we had a big discussion about Phillip Rivers a little bit earlier. The draft. How do you feel about the roster, where they're going, and all this, you know, cap space to, you know, get you, get you some friends over there? Um, I, I think the roster roster is pretty great. Uh, you know, I honestly think that this year, if we didn't have the injuries that we had, we would have made a good run, and I really think that, that shot, us, shot us in the foot with all the injuries, and you saw it with Jacoby. We was we was five and two with him at first before anybody got hurt. And you know, once he hurt his knee, I think it's you know went down a little bit. But I mean, I really do think that Jacoby is a great quarterback. We're gonna stick with him. And I know that Chris Ballard and Frank is going to do all the right things to bring the right guys in because we don't want a flashy guy. We don't want guys who big time name or someone who's gonna come in and try to be big headed because we always about our locker room. Our locker room is special and. If you can sacrifice yourself to go, if you can sacrifice yourself to let someone else make the play, that's what kind of guy that we love in our locker room is. If you're not going to do that, we don't want you in our locker room. Yeah, the Colts had that behind the scenes oh, a draft awesome. special. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on YouTube last year. Did you, I don't know. Did you oh, watch yeah. that at all? Oh, I, mean, yeah. I thought it did a really good job of showing Chris his command of the room and. You know, finding Colts, right? Finding guys that really fit that culture, oh, yeah. whether they're long or not. But you know, guys that have. I saw Chris, talked to Chris in person. wasn't that long himself. Maybe it was like envy. He's like, I, I need guys who are long. I got short up little baby arms here. You really hung up on this length <laughs> thing here, Mike. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was really impressed with the process, um, how much they incorporated everybody into the process, and how they found guys that they wanted. They found Colts, you know, that that, that they felt like really fit what they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, we we had this thing, you know. We talk about um, trust, toughness, and team, the three T's that we go by. And if we can't trust you, we don't want you. If you don't got no toughness, we don't want you. If you're not doing anything for the team, we definitely don't want you. And one thing about our locker room, we have zero prima donnas, and we can easily go up to talk to anyone. And that's what it's all about. And that what makes the team great when you got guys who will sacrifice anything for your, uh, for your teammate. You think Frank Reich's a big part of that as well, obviously? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Has he been great or what? Yeah, he has. I mean – the, the moment when I realized that Frank knew that he trusted in us was the first time he went for it on fourth down against, um, I think it was Houston, yeah. a home game. Yeah. Uh, we could have easily just, you know, punt the ball and play for overtime. But he said, you know what, guys, I believe in y'all. I can believe that y'all can get this first down. And once he made that right there, I said, you know what, he's, with, he's, he's for us. I mean, he's, he's with us. And 
that's when I knew he was there for us. I would say, I think George and Eric just got hard over there. Like, listen to hear that fourth down. That was one of their favorite decisions, like, in the analytically. Like. So the dorky analytics guys agree. We say, look, go for it on fourth down a lot more. And which brings me to the defensive side of the ball. When you make that big third down stop, you guys are like, fourth down. Yep. And then they're like, no, keep the offense out there. What's that feel like on the other end when they're actually going for it when you feel like you made a big stop? Um, you know, when, when they go for it on fourth down, that's when, then, you know, me, that's when I'm like, the defense, let's get it. You know, they're just saying that we're, we suck. Because if a team go for it on fourth down, that means they're saying that, hey, their offense is better than anybody that you got on defense. So that means we got to bow up and prove that. We're a good defense, and we, we can stop them. So if we don't stop them, that means we're not good enough, and we got to continue to show that we can be good. All right. Do we, do we circle back to the 101 and just yeah, put yeah, a ball on that? Why not? Anymore, you, have, you, see, you say you had a lot to talk about with us. Yeah. Any more that you, you take? Just let it all out. Air your grievances. Please. please. Right. Best of the Smith mirror. The mic, is, the mic is yours. All right, cool. I, I just want, you know, <laughs> I just want it to be fair. You know, I just want everything. Like, if you don't know the scheme... I don't see that you could grade it because, like you said, I got a bad passing rating grade last year when we run a cover two, and the point of the defense is to make them throw it in front of you. You go down and you make, you tackle them. So if you and if you do that, yeah, you know, well, we're not necessarily giving you a downgrade. Passer rating is just a stat that we collect. So if you know you let them catch the ball in front of you, eight yards, it's second and two now. You know how much. So do you do, do you know how much trash talk you get on social media when they say that you're terrible in coverage and we play a cover two that's telling people to throw the ball at you? So that is a problem with the fans. That's not that's our, not that's, that's not our fault. The, no, no, no. That is a that's a that's a communication problem. No, the problem is if the defense telling them to throw the ball in front of you, you shouldn't be penalized. For doing what the coach or the defense agreed. Agreed. Now and we don't. The two right. We, and we won't downgrade you for those expected plays. And we give you credit when you give up the catch for you know, a little three yard gain and you close quick and you make the play. We give you a lot of credit out there. You know not every tackle's created equally. So so when you're out there like ah oh, man, I just had 120 tackles, you know they're not all the same. There's a That's difference true. between uh, a twenty yard tackle and one at the line of scrimmage, right? And those are the ones that we give extra credit for. So, uh, okay, okay. Y'all give extra credit for TFLs, right? Well, or tackles for short one game. yard or two yeah. yards. Yeah, short gains. What about third down stops? Yeah. Credit. Same. Credit for you. Positive. Good job. What about sacks? Now, <laughs> sacks, we have, we have different levels of sacks. Yeah. If Ibraflus is making the great call and freeing you up and you run in a straight line and sack the quarterback, you get a little credit. And but if you go in and blow up the back and, you know, beat the blocking scheme and then get the sack, you get more credit. Does that make sense? Not really. <laughs> because, I mean, no matter how you get it, if you get it, they say don't matter how you get the job done, as long as you get the job done, that just because the offensive line or anybody have a miscommunication and let me free up, that's not my problem. So if I'm blitzing and if I get a sack, I should get credit with the sack no matter if I got to go through a running back or not. I, I love that the more mad Darius is getting, the more he's like putting the mic right in his yeah, mouth. Yeah, because I, 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 don't, I, don't I don't understand. Like, now, a sack is a sack. No matter yeah. what, if it's a free sack or if you got to fight through someone to get a sack. 
It shouldn't matter if you, as long as you got that quarterback down for TFL. So if you blow up the running back, don't sack the quarterback, and he go throws for a touchdown, you don't, you don't feel like that should be given credit because you didn't sack the quarterback is what you're saying? Repeat that. You blow up the running back, and he's coming blitz pickup. You blow him up, but the quarterback gets the ball out, goes for a touchdown. No, I shouldn't get credit for it. I didn't do my job. You did your job, though. No, I didn't. My job is to get to the quarterback. If I don't reach that quarterback, my job was incomplete. I get a mile. make our rating a lot easier. Yeah, that would be nice. We'll just count sacks. Uh, Okay, okay. Like, so if I blitz, if I don't get home, but I blitz, so why would you give me credit if I blitz and don't get home? So we give guys credit for hits and hurries because the difficult part of pass rushing, from what we've seen, the thing that is actually harder to do is beating a block, right? So if you have to beat a block, you're kind of at the mercy of the scheme and the quarterback and your teammates. So we're trying to isolate your role on the play. Right, and I know it's a team game, and you're not you're not here for your accolades and everything, right? It's a no, team game. Yeah, it's definitely a team game. Right, yeah. but we're trying to isolate and say, look, Darius did his job. He created pressure, but there's a blown coverage or somebody lost on the back end. So just because there's a big play, we'll still give you credit for beating the block. But sometimes, obviously, you can't get the sack because of other things that are happening. I don't, I don't, I don't like that because if I don't get home, I let the team down. If he call up a blitz. And he said, Darius, you blitz this big gap. No matter who gets in front of you, get the quarterback down. And if I don't do that, that is a minus on my grade sheet. No matter what. Even if I run through that, even if I run through that running back and the quarterback get it out, I didn't do my job good enough to get you the quarterback. You're, you're getting negatives for just non-sacks? Every yes. Time? If you don't do your job, yes. That's what I'm saying. When I blitz, no matter if I'm free or not, if I get to the quarterback, that is a sack, and it should count no matter what. And it is a good play. Yeah. And so the other thing that we do that's different from coaches, and we deal, we deal with this with offensive linemen all the time, of course. In the meeting room, it's a lot of what? Plus, minus? Oh, Are there yeah. levels? It just, oh, yeah. Is it just good and bad? Yeah, so we have, bad. just have levels of good and bad, right? So when you make a spectacular play, you get more credit. I mean, we do that too. Yeah. yeah. Like we get a third down stop, we get an interception, or we get a sack, or a force formula, or something like that. Yeah, that's an exceptional play. So you get more on your grade sheet. What right. is the grading sheet like for you guys? It is terrible. <laughs> it is by far the worst grading sheet I ever had to be a part of. Um, if you loaf, that's a negative, negative one. A missed tackle, a negative three. Um, a missed opportunity. So say if I drop the pick or I miss a sack, that's a negative three, negative four. What if, what if you sprint across the field? And miss a tackle on like Austin Eckler or something like that. That is a ne- that, that's that was just a negative. hypothetical. That that was a negative. I, I like how you did that, though. Because I, I, <laughs> that, 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 that I was crying. Yeah, I like that. that. No, yeah, yeah. I, I like how you did that. You know, I did. I did miss that tackle there. I did. Um, you know, I did run across the field to try to make that tackle, and I didn't do my job. Did I get him down? No. So guess what I got? I got an F. Yeah. I got an F. I was watching the play, thinking, man, I can't believe you got that. I thought you were pretty fast to the ball. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't do my job. I did not yeah. get anybody down. And he scored a touchdown. I let my team down, and, that, and it sucked. So just so you know, we have you with way more positives than negatives, which is why. I mean, that's no choice. Way more. <laughs> no choice. I can understand if you had a choice, but there's no choice to have me for more positive than negative. Which is why you're a top five linebacker in our grading over the last two years. Who's your top five? Bobby, Bobby, and Bobby. Now yeah. they're the top two guys. Yeah, you already said that they're yeah, the top easy. two guys. Yes. That's an easy discussion. Can we get some rankings real quick? Who's the top five over the last couple of years? Neil can whip. Neil, what, posi- what positions y'all play? Top five off the top uh, of your basketball. head. Basketball. 
You played basketball. Yeah. What did you play? Baseball. I was a pitcher. <laughs> so wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. So. What position? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You want to talk baseball? Wait a minute. I can talk baseball. I talk a little bit. I played a little bit. Uh oh. I played a little bit of baseball. We can talk a little bit. What y'all want to talk about? He was outside. Outside. Inside. What you want to? What y'all want to do? You said you pitch. Talk about Madison Bumgarner being a rodeo cowboy on the side. That's your only story. Yeah. Then I want nothing to do with that. I played eight years in the minors, but we know football. Our guys know football. We're good. Yeah. No matter what our backgrounds were. So we got Luke and Bobby. You said who the best Belichick players though is the answer to that. But you know, Luke. I mean, Belichick. Yeah, he does. He makes a team great. He don't go out and grade. You know, he makes yeah. a team great. He don't say, okay, you know, I never played this game, but it looks like he didn't do that good enough. Oh, but he made the play. Let's get on the minus. To be fair, I don't grade anymore, so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You said you had a bad grade of me coming out. I know that was out. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Right. In my defense, didn't have all twenty-two. Only had a few games. And that get good off not all twenty two. So uh, uh, small schools, it's tough to get that. Okay. So we got the other two that are ahead of you. Keekley, yep. Wagner, yep. Uh, Demario Davis for the Saints, yes. Yeah. And who, uh, Levante David for the box. box. The box. Uh, my so yeah, I mean it's a great group. You know, I respect them guys. But then my question comes back to why? Because we go through all thousand plays, put our grading system on it, and then poof. Okay, um, uh, um, I think um, Davis. He was a uh, he was all pro this year, correct? Mario. I think yeah. he was. Yeah, he had a great. He's he went from. Good to really good over these last few years, yeah. Um, I think Bobby, Bobby was all pro this year. Kiki was an all pro this year. I was a second team all pro this year. And you're right there. You're in your set. You're in your third year. Going into your third year. I so. know, but you're right there. What, what I tell you, I'm a competitor. If you're not first, you last. <laughs> so that, next year, that's all it is. Next year, we'll be up here talking about you top. What linebacker? Where are you going to be? In my mind, I'm number one. You think I'm going to put... What I just tell you? I'm a competitor. I'm not putting nobody in front of me. Just so, and listen, you, you, as, long as, as long as you got the numbers, that's, that's all that matters. That's, that's all that matters. Because if you want to talk with anybody else, why are they great? Like you want to talk basketball, they say Jordan great because he got six ranks and he did what he did. He dropped these many points. You're talking numbers. You talk about Tom Brady, he got six championships, he got these MVPs. What you talking? Numbers. Is he the so greatest he, of all time? Is he greatest of all time? Brady? Brady? I just need confirmation. Yes, I, I mean, as of right now, yes, I get to him. Okay, yes. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he mentioned but, but like, you know, what I'm saying is, if your number's not there, how can you be great? They say LeBron James isn't the greatest because his numbers don't match who? Michael Jordan. What's it come back down to? Numbers. So if you got the numbers as the greatest, I don't understand how can you be less than someone who got more than. I'm just, I'm just saying. You got the numbers. So, so next year at this time, we're going to be talking about Darius Leonard, number one linebacker. That's the goal. Yes. Listen, you don't need motivation. I no, can tell. But, but if you had a trusty PFF hat, 
in your locker that you could stare at it every day. Oh, I don't need that. You should, you should know me by now. You know what I'm talking about? You know That's already in my phone. So give me yours at. In my phone. I'm going to look at it. Blame Matt Miller. Yeah. It's Matt Miller's fault. But anyway, you could have a nice PFF hat. I appreciate it. Maybe, maybe tweet it. it. Tweet it out and tell the folks that we've uh, made amends. Or at least we talked. We, we talked. We didn't make amends. No, we talked. I got we one, talk. I got one more gift. <laughs> Quentin Nelson. Oh, yeah. You, you like oh, 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 where do you go with him at, at uh, as a guard position? Oh, he's the best. Yeah, that's okay, okay. I was about to. Is that okay? Yes. He's awesome. If he wanted to be the number one, one, I would be the best. Best we've seen coming out of college, best in the NFL. Yes. He's the best. But he, he, likes to, he likes to run the ball. Yes. And at PFF, we like to throw the damn ball. And I don't know if you want to pass that along to Quentin. Um, you know, Quentin, Quentin, a big guy. And, you know, you don't want to upset Quentin. And I think he's in his locker. He's bigger than you, Steve. Quentin. I show it to him. I don't know how much he's going you know, you to look at You have a lot of confidence, and you just lost all of it. No, I'm just letting you know. I'm not going to make him upset. <laughs> Maybe give it to Jacoby. Maybe give it to Jacoby. Yeah, I'm yeah. not giving it to Jacoby. Yeah. you got to throw it. Okay, yeah. well, find somebody for it. But if you can give it to Quentin, drop it in his locker, say, from PFF, and then run, and uh, see what happens. All right, so cool. I got you, man. Hey, no right. problem. Darius Leonard, everyone, thank you for coming out. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. We'll see you next year. Number one linebacker <laughs> yes, in the NFL. Who's coming out right now? Sam, right back. All right, that was awesome, Sam. That was really good. And we've talked a while about do we, you know, getting interviews on there, talking about grades. And it's easy, like, if we had, like, Luke Keekley on there, and he's like, oh, you had me as the top-rated guy over, like, my right. entire career. It's like, all right, that's easy. But when a guy is good... He thinks he's better, wants to be better, and all that stuff. I think it's a good discussion. Or when people question us and we have to defend ourselves or if, you know, I, I just think it's a good back and forth. I mean, I think he took it the right way, right? You know, he, I mean, he was pissed. He's, um, he's a guy that does take that kind of thing personally, that does have this chip on his shoulder. All the stuff you hear about these guys and, you know, are cliches. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. Right. He feels slighted. He's mad. He wants to prove people wrong. All that stuff is true. But he's cool about it, right? Like you can talk to him absolutely off to the side. You can talk to him live, and he's he's good to have a discussion with. And even if you know you'll disagree with exactly how it should function and how you should record this kind of stuff, like he's cool with you. You can you can talk it out and, and have a good conversation and, and move on. And you know we've been talking. We were talking to him. We were talking to his guys after the show and before the show. And like they're they're keen to do other stuff with us. So we might go up uh, watch some of his tape with him. In I think that'd be great. I, I feel bad. I had that little dig about the missed tackle on Austin Eckler, but you know, mm. it's one of those you got you to prove that you watch the stuff. You know, just to remind them, hey, we did watch every snap. We know what happened. Yeah, you know, you got to establish dominance. Exactly. Right. I outweigh him. You're a lot. Yeah, you're both taller and and larger than he is. Yeah. So Having anyway, said that we, I'm pretty sure he could smash you. We appreciate having Darius on the show. Had a lot of fun. Live show was great. As Sam said, we'll be hearing more from that. Uh, that'll do it for us. From Indianapolis, okay? It's a little quick recap on the receivers. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. We're heading back home. We'll be back with you Monday for the regularly scheduled PFF NFL podcast. We'll have a whole scouting combine weekend review. Speaking of on to Cincinnati, we are uh, we're trialing, we're, we're working, we're cooking up Uh-oh. a new intro to the podcast. Oh, yes. With some cool stuff going. We Excited might, about that. I, it's, I, it's coming along nicely. I'm, I'm enjoying the, the latest iteration I heard. So I'm not sure when we're going to debut that, but it's going to be pretty cool when it breaks cover. Trying to keep it fresh, trying to keep this thing uh, moving forward. Thanks to everybody for listening, for tuning in, and uh, and for showing up to the live show. Had a lot of fans 
there. And we really appreciate the support. It's been fun watching this grow, and we couldn't do it without you guys. So let us know if you want to do more of those because, you know, uh, number one was a success. Um, we really enjoyed it. We had some great guests. Got stood up by a guest or two. but A lot know. of room to improve still, too. So it's, it's good, things not great yet. Beyond our control. But let us know if you, want, if you want us to do another one and where we should do it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back with you on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply.